Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. As they say in WWE, hit my music. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We are are back in the rugby dungeon uh, for the second podcast of the week. The first one about the Six Nations is already there in your feed. Hit subscribe and you will get all of them delivered to you. Uh, This one is our midweek domestic podcast where we're talking about, well, all the other issues in the rugby world. And uh, I'm here with JB. Hello Tim. And with Phil. Hello Tim. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for being part of it. Um, one way you can show your appreciation, if you appreciate the fact we're there for you, 52 weeks a year, seven seasons and counting, every single Monday morning, and multiple podcasts in a week, quite often, as this week, uh, then thank you, you can show your appreciation. Uh, Patreon.com slash Eggchasers. And we want to do live podcasts again. We want to do it without the stress of having to uh, organise all the sound equipment and stuff ourselves. Mm-hmm. We want to get out and see the white, see your eyes, meet people, organise brunches, all sorts of plans, uh, so you can help us out with that there uh, and also get um priority access to live tickets and uh, be part of winning some of the jerseys that we're giving away in the rugby dungeon that's what we're going to do now so uh, phil i want you to to um now have we decided are they gonna go into a miniature draw where we then flip a coin do they get the good jersey or the bad jersey or do they just are they just going to get the well get... we got we got two on offer this uh-huh. week haven't we we've got the good one and the bad one so what's the good one uh, British and Irish Lions. God, this is jersey. painful. They, these, are, these are my pride. Yes, okay, fine. It's, it's a gorgeous jersey. That that's a proper. Like, fine, fine. Yes. And the, and the bad, on it. the bad one was the Dragons. The Dragons signed by the, the team of about 2013. Perfect. Discount tires sponsorship. A double <laughs> double centre sponsor actually. Yeah, Worthington's and discount tires. Yeah, that, not, that is not, unusual. It's not a beautiful jersey, is it? It's, but but that is why. It's, oh. it's special. It's special because, because it, it makes you look like a real fan. Yeah, no one would choose that jersey. No, it chooses you. Anyway, you you, you know the numbers we've got. Let's let's not be let's not be gauche and uh, and give out the numbers. But can you do a random number generator? Random uh, number generator, which which goes along with the, the the people we have. And we are in number two zero seven. Two zero seven. Congratulations to you. Oh, I'm not going to say this name right, am I? Glenn uh-huh. Archambo. How would you say that? Archambolt. Archambo? 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 Yeah. Ar- 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 oh, yeah, I'm the guy for this. <laughs> Archambolt. Glenn Archambolt. Or Archim- Ar- Archambolt. Glenn. Is, is he a character from Game of Thrones? <laughs> well, congratulations, Glenn. 
Um, Send us your address on Patreon. We'll get this posted. Well, out. we'll, we'll, we'll Bobby, a little message, Glenn. But well, well done, fella. And um, and we will continue with the giveaways of the rugby dungeon. We've got far too many jerseys. So so Glenn whoa, can whoa, whoa, pick. Hang on, hang on. No, he doesn't pick. We we now flip a coin. Okay. Okay, has interesting. Anyone, has, it, has anyone got a coin? What year do you think you this used, is? Yeah, when was the last time you used a coin? Oh, no, uh, no, no. I've, got, I've got a rock here. Give, give me that bottle top. Give me that bottle top. I'll put it in one of my hands. Okay. okay. Oh, clever, clever. So you get it right and it's good. Yep. No, or... Yeah, on, yeah. That means what? You get it right and it's the Lions. God, this is so professional, isn't it? You get it right and it's the, the Lions jersey. You get it wrong and it's the Newport Gwent Dragons jersey. No pressure, JB. Watch hand. Watch hand, left hand. It's the, oh, Dragons, the jersey. Dragons jersey. Well done. Dragons. Well Wonderful. Done. Sign <laughs> Dragons jersey. Discount oh. tyres and all. Oh, it'll be heartbreaking to remove that from the dungeon. Glenn, congratulations. The only non-independent region coming to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, I, I, um, I, I just went on the page. I saw that, that World Rugby video. It makes me hanker so badly for a Tier 2 tour. Especially as we're in that Six Nations region, I want to go. I want to go, and I just want to be in a crowd of people and spend a whole day watching rugby and, and, and drinking and, and drink. talking about rugby and watching more rugby and mind more you, drinking. Mind you, it could be dangerous because I am a cheap date now. I had uh, <laughs> like two Negronis during. The I had two Negronis. I had two Negronis as well <laughs> during Scotland. Wales. I, had, I, had a, I had a whiskey sour as well. Great minds. Yeah. yeah. What, what, and what anyway, reasons? I was I was feeling it. I had a buzz on of two of two <laughs> drinks. Oh, yeah. Agreed. As yeah. Well, I think I think I've I think I've drunk I more frequently than I normally would over lockdown, but been drunk less. So my tolerance is probably mm, a bit lower. Yeah. Mm. I, I will now frequently have Three or four beers a night. Really? Yeah. Wow. Dangerous. Oh, no, sorry. Not every night. Three I was going to be- say, no. geez, that, that's three actually... Or, three or four beers a night, like, three times a week. So I'm But just... previously, it would have been all those oh, beers mate, on one night. I'm having nowhere near that much. No. One beer a week, max. Yeah, it's like, we're talking no. a couple of, a couple of a drink a week, probably, yeah. two drinks a week. Maybe it says more about my life <laughs> that I need to... Es- the escapism. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've not, you know, I've, um, <laughs> I've not... I've not uh, spoke about the copious amount of um, ketamine that I've been taking. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, there was a um, spice. Um, there was a yeah, spice has been going on. There was an Economist article um, early on in the first lockdown about the the trends in in street drugs. Um, that obviously no one wants party drugs at the moment, but people want <laughs> drugs to help yeah, you. Well, that's not true. Escape. That's not, that's not true because I was building a I was building a quiz yesterday for one of our WhatsApp groups, based purely on cocaine distribution. And the reason I was doing this is because I've started watching the HBO series, or Canal series, 000. So I built. So I was reading about all of the distribution patterns and whatnot, and cocaine has gone up in value, which I wasn't expecting. That could be supply rather than demand. And, ah, and, and the ability... And this, well, yeah. Not, no, no, not, no, not just supply in terms of manufacture, supply in terms of distribution. Getting yeah. It. Getting yeah. it across the world, you can't do it as inconspicuously at the minute. Yeah, because there's far point. fewer boats. It's much easier to check the one uh, suspicious um, shipping boat or yacht coming into Royal Falmouth Yacht Club. Has Ross mentioned Royal Falmouth Yacht Club actually? <laughs> uh, do you know the story about Royal Falmouth? No. Yacht? Yeah. So we were, we went to Royal Falmouth Yacht Club for a few drinks, and we were talking to one of the old boys there. And I won't tell me which old boy or where he's from or whatnot. But because he is very familiar with boats, he's also very familiar with smuggling. And he's not a smuggler, FYI. This is not a thing. But, of course, 
if you're straight on the line and you're always on the water and maybe you're a member of a yacht club, you hear about these things. And he was telling a story about one of the yachts getting boarded by customs. And the reason they busted them is because they had fresh water on board. And they thought, why on earth have you got bottles of fresh water? You've got yeah, tanks. Yeah, it was bottled water. Bottled they were water. all drinking bottled water. Yeah, well, why have you got bottled water? You've got water tanks. Oh, let's have a look what's in your water tanks. Obviously drugs. Filled uh, to the brim with yeah, drugs. Yeah, and it, basically, if you had the right flag on the back of your boat from the right yacht club, it was much easier to get past customs because <laughs> you're basically a good old boy, right? So these <laughs> yacht clubs are getting appropriated by people with unsavoury intent. Wow. Very, very interesting. That's really interesting. Incredibly interesting stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, but is it as interesting as Bath Sale? That's what I want to know. Great question. Uh, I went to a game. Well, hold on. But, oh, oh, that's, that, that, I know I saw that, and that's really exciting. But I, I think the, I just want to just cover off the biggest story of the, of the weekend. Oh. Whilst not going too deep into it, because we can get into it much more last week. But there will be no relegation from the Premiership. In the 2020-21 season. Yes, thank you for keeping us on track there, because actually my trip to the AJ Bell is less important than stopping relegation. <laughs> I agree. We, we are all in massive agreement there. What a disaster. I mean, what an utter, unmitigated, complete and total, I'm trying to think of a word, uh, cluster something else, okay? Clusters, cluster disaster. Omni-shambles. Omni-shambles. It is absolutely dreadful what is going on. Now, it's not dreadful because, for the reasons that you think, Tim, and I know you've got your own reasons, it's dreadful, first of all, to announce relegation nine games into a season, or on the eve of the ninth game, does not give anyone any chance to make any adjustments to what they want to do. Number two, it's awful, because if you're going to make seismic changes to the game, if you're going to get rid of relegation, you need to uh, announce a suite of other measures to increase parity. If you don't, it's, it's a waste of time. And thirdly, it's a complete and utter disaster in terms of communication. Because we are being asked, as people that speak about the game, to give a quote-unquote balanced opinion of all the pros that come along with scrapping relegation, as well as the minuses. But I'll tell you what the pros are. There are absolutely none in this current guise. If you do not have anything to back this up, the only pros that you can attribute to lack of relegation are exactly the same pros as you could attribute to the bottom end of the Pro 14. And that is garbage. That is utter hot dross. So there's nothing nothing good nothing good to be said about this. If they did have a suite of other measures, I would be overjoyed. I think it's exactly the right thing. The only other thing to consider is that the owners of the clubs need protecting because they are hemorrhaging money left, right mm. and centre. And that is a very fair comment to make. They are hemorrhaging money. But outside of the short-term protection for the owners, I mean, yes, they are doing it because they're in an unenviable situation, but they're doing it by sacrificing the one thing that they have over the Pro 14, which is their competitiveness and that compulsion to compete from the day, from day one of the season. Oh, we've been invaded by a cat. I'm, I am specifically just, being just invaded chuck, by a cat. Just chuck the cat but, off. Come on. Yeah. You don't, can say, I, I want to be, be like a Bond villain. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, Phil, so, Phil what, what did you think when you saw the news? Um, so totally not surprised because it's been rumoured for a while. Uh, disappointed with everything that uh, JB's already highlighted. The, the the time in the communication and the fact that it's just kind of come without um, anything else, um, without anything else to um, maintain the competitiveness of the league. 
which is really important. It's one of the reasons why we love the Premiership mm. so much because it is constantly changing in terms of the, the teams challenging for the top um, and it is so competitive. Um, but the the bit that JB, you did make the point at the end, the bit that I understand it because from a purely financial point of view, um, these clubs, most of them are not well-off clubs. Most of them are not rich clubs. Um, some of them have very rich owners. Some of them have less rich owners who um, have other business interests which are not particularly doing well at the moment. So the clubs are, exactly as JB said, hemorrhaging cash right now. And I don't want to see any clubs fold. Yeah. Um, and uh, so so for that reason, I tolerate it. Um, I understand it. I still don't think it's the right thing. And certainly long-term, I don't think it's the right thing. Uh, uh, one thing that I don't think has been brought up in terms of, yeah, I, I agree with everything you just said. Um, I, I would say, I think people can go, oh, I get it in this you know, COVID season. I like I like the cat purring. Yeah, in the background there. You've got some cans on. Is it, is it coming through yeah, yeah, nicely? It's, it's coming through nicely. Um, I, I get the. Actually, it's putting me off a little bit. <laughs> do, do you want to throw it? Throw it in the wood chipper. <laughs> Fire up the wood chipper. Right. Come Get on, cat. Come on, cat. Go on, twinkle. <laughs> Go on, get out of it. Uh, we, we understand why the, the, the clubs have cited the COVID situation and it is an extremely unique set of circumstances which has a financial implication. Uh, my, my, my one short response to that would be, well, you knew that three months ago. Yeah. And also, six games have been cancelled as a result of um, COVID. Uh, if it's so important that that, that might um, uh, skew the league... No attempt to try and find a, a time to replay them. I, I, what it appears like, or what I hope it isn't, what I hope it isn't, is the, the the classic never let a good crisis go to waste, where the thing you've wanted to do all along, you can sneak in through the back door with a unique set of, set of circumstances. Yeah, the, Trojan horse. Trojan horse. It, mm. the, the one thing that hasn't been mentioned, you're right to talk about the financial issue that clubs face. Well, I I just um, would shout. There's probably relative um, relative um, uh, cost to clubs. I'd say there's no bunch of clubs that have had it worse than the Championship clubs, who now have been shafted. Yeah, uh, or, or potentially could be long-term shafted. The, com- the Championship is such a complex situation because. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I can't go into no, it now. No, all I'm saying is that whole... yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's do that. In, let's do that next weekend. But all I'm saying is that. that no one's mentioned the championship. Everyone's gone, oh, the premiership clubs are having a tough time of it financially. Pfft. Championships haven't, uh, relatively speaking, have had a horrendous time of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. their only income, they don't get TV money. Their only income is match day money. They and, get, and, yeah. and they weren't offered a bailout, they were offered loans, which they would have to pay back. Yeah, they are best not playing. They are genuinely best not playing. They're best not being professional. It's simple as that. It's just not a sustainable model. Yeah, they are, they are at this stage. It, 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 it can be sustainable if you run it in the right way. But the problem with it being sustainable is you're then always going to get someone like uh, like Exeter did, who, who did spend Exeter spent a lot of money to get out of the championship. Bristol spent an astonishing amount of money to repeatedly fail to get out of the championship and then eventually did. Mm. Um, Ealing Trailfinders at, at the moment are spending quite a lot of money yeah. um, to work their way out. And on that, one thing I would also say that doesn't ever get said... The Premiership was already ring-fenced, in essence, yeah. effectively, because only 13 clubs have shares in the Premiership. Only clubs with shares get the parachute payments and the funding which Premiership clubs get. So unless you have a, 
a very, very wealthy backer like Bristol did and like Ealing Trailfinders currently do, you are already ring-fenced out of the Premiership. Yeah, in effect, or, or the you, steps already exists. Yeah, kind of. Or you, you kind of get lucky or unlucky, depending on how you look at it, with like London Welsh did twice. Mm. Um, which which was a, a remarkable situation and, considering you know, everything around them that they that is did a it. really, really interesting point. Did they get lucky or unlucky? Well, when they came up, they were garbage. I don't think any of their fans enjoyed it. And now they've folded. It was better first time than last time. Had yeah, yeah, first time was better. First time but... they had a shot. Had they not had that uh, points deduction because of Tyson. The, guy, the guy that Tyson, someone, or a Taylor, or the guy who wasn't registered properly, Sale would stare in at relegation with, with about four games to go. Yeah. So now that club has gone down to the championship and then folded again, I completely folded, so the professional one has gone, they've gone back to their amateur roots and they're doing a wonderful job there under Kai Griffiths. Um, mm. Will Taylor and a few others. I don't know if they're still involved. I think Sonny Sonny uh, Sonny Parker was involved, and I believe that probably everyone's a lot happier with the situation there now in a more amateur guys than they probably were in the Premiership. Well, for, I think you should differentiate between the first London Welsh Premiership effort, which they didn't spend big money. They brought they kept largely the same players they did in the Championship. Came up and yeah, the second time they got competed. rid of everyone, didn't they? Second time they got rid of everyone. Bought bought in. Uh, Piri Weepu yeah Tom May <laughs> Ollie Barkley Tim Molnar and, abs- and, yeah. ab- and absolutely tanked anyway that was the 80 points to nil yes. every week wasn't yeah. it so I, th- I think you I think you guys summarised exactly wh- where my head is at you can understand the decision doesn't mean you have to like it and it definitely I, I, I don't want it to be a, uh, either something being snuck in Trojan horse style or I want them I want them to stick to what they said is it's this season only here's the thing which infuriates me and tell me where I'm wrong. In fact, just make the argument against me. We've been requested to make the argument for the good sides and the bad sides. So okay. given the information that we know, right, not the potential information, not the potential measures that could be taken, and we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, we're going to do a podcast yeah. delving into this next weekend. Right. Given what we know, what is the good side or what is the good side that what is the balance side to this balance it so, out so a positive side and, and something that i've considered in the past when considering ring fencing is um so there is a less immediate need to win therefore you can um experiment and um get younger players experience of that top that higher level mm-hmm. um that that's got to be good. Well, not necessarily for the, the specific clubs, but it's got to be good for England. So, yeah, so Just because you're this? getting more players, more English, there are going to be more younger English players yeah. because they're cheaper. Totally coming through and giving more opportunity in the Premiership. That's that's the biggest one because what's the what's what's the salary cap? Five and a half million. Five point six, I think it okay, is now. So we're talking or as of next season. We're talking fifty-five, and so you're talking like. In the region of seventy million pounds in salaries on players within the Premiership, which well, are we? Well, well okay, seventy million plus marquee players. Let's no, say, no, no, but are we? Because well, no, if, no, no, if no, spend, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. If, if assuming everyone spends spends which, a salary cap, which no one does. Okay, well, let's say fifty. So a lot of people don't, let's say fifty mate. million, whatever, it, whatever, whatever the value is. There's that amount of money. Say fifth between fifty and seventy million spent on salaries of professional rugby players playing in Premiership clubs. The whole point of that, or not the whole point of it, one of the points of it should be to try and make the best possible national team. Um, a lot of that money is paying for 
farmland in South Africa for players to go back and retire on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 so that is a positive. Yeah, not not as not as a salary cap dodge. <laughs> not as a salary cap dodge. Although Although that, that, might that might have happened at some but point that, in yeah, the past. That's a completely different thing. Completely <laughs> exactly. Yes. Separate and apart. Yes. Uh, and actually, it, it will probably you know you can say that, but it will probably end up being spent on the expensive cars and things anyway. So actually, what's the difference between that and South African farmland? Mm. But point being, yeah, more of those academy players will get blooded and given time rather than oh we. We need to we need to win now, so let's get a massive South African number eight. Yeah. So uh, my worry is not that. My worry is not that uh, more money goes to young, young English players. I actually think the bigger danger is we get free riders in the Premiership because as long as you're getting that TV money and there is an amount of money which you know you can spend, which means that you'll break even. You could potentially sit at the bottom of the table forever. Well, th- th- yeah, um, there could be, be there could be a race to the bottom. Yeah. As in. If you get the same TV money, you are incentivized to lower your costs because there's no risk of doing so. Mm. No risk of uh, finishing bottom year after it's, year. It's, it's year. a bit like the producers, isn't it? The, the the whole premise of the the play, the producers, is that, uh, that oh, we can make more money by by having a flop of a show than actually yes. having a successful show. I do not know the plot of the producers. It's it's a sort of comedy stage show play. Ah. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's basically what they um, they come up with the worst possible idea for a play. Uh, Springtime for Hitler, I think it's called, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because because they sort of calculate. Oh, if we make an absolute flop, we will make more money um, for whatever reason. I can't remember. Yeah, the not, I have I, seen the producers, but I don't think I've ever seen it. But is there not some like uh, they get some payoff if no one shows up or some, something? Yeah, like something that. like that. And There's some fun. Unfortunately, watched Springtime well, for Hitler. Spoiler, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler alert. They they make spoiler alert. They make something so bad it's brilliant and people love it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I don't think this is going to happen. If yeah, uh, that that principle, yeah. the race to the bottom is correct, but the yeah. so bad it's good. Yeah, no, that that part won't. But the race <laughs> to the bottom is you might go. Well, we're getting X amount of money. Well, we're quite happy being mediocre. We will, what we will see is teams roughly the equivalent of Leinster in the Pro 14, who will just demolish anyone and everyone. Yeah, teams and, that are incentivized, who are driven and incentivized, yeah. like Bristol are, like Bristol, Exeter are. Exeter, uh, yeah. Sale, everybody Less, else. If, Leicester, if Saracens, maybe, Saracens if they get a potentially. Yeah, yeah Saracens, if they, if Saracens definitely, if, if, if they manage to get qualified from the championship. But then there's a lot of teams that won't care. And there's a lot of teams which will say, do you know what? I will happily feed it, feed at the bottom. I own the shares. You can't kick me out. Give uh, give me my money, and I'll put out a team worth two million quid. And yeah, is, yeah, you know, two million quid. Get the TV money. Two million, four million pounds, or whatever it is a year. Mm-hmm. Two million pound profit. Bang. Yeah. All, all, already, we have sacrificed. Probably, I mean, we could actually have sacrificed more than half our games a week now, because if the fixtures fall in such a way that all the top teams face all the bottom teams, and all the bottom teams are blooding youngsters and doing whatever they're doing there's no meaningful games i mean hopefully the fixtures won't pan out like this and we'll get one or two meaningful fixtures yeah i think the succinct way that the ugo put it on bt sport on uh, friday night at king's home was we don't need more more fixtures we need more meaningful fixtures there we go he knows exactly mm. what he's talking about that's exactly right yeah so it's another season written off uh the top of the table will be absolutely fine, as are all top of the tables. But without additional measures coming in, there is nothing to look forward to. And on that additional measures, again, we have sort of had a brief conversation there as if this is going to be continued beyond this, which, 
Well, it looks like there is a there is a will. Uh, funnily enough, from the thirteen shareholders of Premiership Rugby, there is a there there is a, a it seems to be a force of will to pull up the drawbridge, and and call it that. And there may well be some positives and merits. We gave some in relation to England. I get that. We can go into that a little bit more, and we can go into how if that is going to be the outcome, how it could work for broadcasters, fans. Yeah, I mean, um, clubs, can you imagine, players, and you don't need to contribute to this, Tim, because well, for obvious reasons, as you'll soon find out. Can you imagine how angry a BT Sport must be? You go and buy a certain property, uh, and the thing that you buy is actually nothing like the thing that you thought that thought that you bought. So last year it was sort of acceptable because there was a punishment process going on, and okay, fine. This year the Premiership pulled the rug from underneath the broadcaster, and the broadcaster must be absolutely livid because the Premiership put out a Friday night game, sometimes two sometimes uh, then it's three Saturday games and a meaningful fixture on Sunday. Uh, I would also point out BT Sport are broadcasting every single every game, every single game yeah. whilst there's no fans in place. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they've got to be absolutely livid. Where I start to lose my temper more than a little bit is when I start to think of the deal that was struck between CVC and the Premiership and we were told if only we give away one third of our income in a securitisation deal to CBC, they would give us the keys to making this sport rich and wealthy and the most attractive proposition uh, on the planet. Because, of course, what does CBC know about? Running sports leagues, allegedly. And they provide us with Mr Childs. Now, it strikes me since Darren Childs has been in charge of, of the league, and I'm not blaming him solely. I don't know the guy. I've never spoke to the guy. Has the league improved its competitiveness? No. Has it signed a bigger TV deal? No. Are central revenues increased? No. Is there more in the way of um, content com- uh, uh, coming centrally? Something which might in- incentivize people to buy into the Premiership? No. Where are the deals with, they said, Google and Facebook and, and Amazon? Have they, have they materialised? No. So far, nothing good has come about. Nothing. There's no, intan- no tangible increase in benefit. And we were told if only we give away one third of our income... 27%, yes. 20, yeah, that. fine. Yeah, 27%, you are right. The rest of the pie will grow so substantially because we'll employ the right people that we'll make up for it. And this has been demonstrably false now. It's two years down the line. No one can account for COVID, so you get a slight pass for that. But come on. You can you, you can still do the negotiations with the online giants. You can still make uh, on, you know, more content. There are things that you can do, and they've single-handedly failed on every, sing, on every single front. So, so I would... Uh, and while I agree with everything, I, I would give them another pass, or certainly there is another... Um, significant reason why they failed in the first year which is the Saracens fiasco mm. which I mean you could argue that CVC perhaps should have done some more due diligence on that because it's not like it was a totally unknown situation but that that did destroy the competitiveness of the first year yeah um, so there there is a problem in both of those seasons you're exactly right in everything that you've said but I, I'm I'm of a mind that we should have some more time albeit the movements so far have not been good. I mean, are you surprised that BT Sport have only paid the same amount for the TV deal as they did before? Where is the strategic vision? Uh, so, so no, given that you're negotiating during a pandemic. But, but like they could have, they could have said, "Look, here you go, buy into the Premiership because in the future we are going to do X, Y, Z. The Premiership is going to be the best league in the world because we are going to do, uh, and you know, we're going to have." 
uh, minimum salary cap spend. We're going to have numbers. We're going to have you know, all yeah, these things. stuff. Stuff that yeah. we might talk about on a future pod. Yeah, but... Exactly, all of these things, and then you can say, okay, I understand what you've done. Instead, they've just made the negative decision to get rid of the thing which is competitive and not replace it. And this is what makes me so incredibly angry because they have well, they failed. The only the only thing they can be planning at this point is to do some sort of merging with the Pro 14 well, or some massive holistic project to you know, change the calendars or something. But right now we need some kind of communication or some strategy, and they've had two years to do it, and I've seen nothing. That's that's probably my frustration, that um, when I was almost naively or optimistically hoping that CVC would come in and... Uh, change the products and I don't mean change the, the way the game is played but change the products in a way that it is more attractive to more people and more engaging and all the rest of it none of that has happened and what appears to be happening is they're obviously buying up other products and it's going to rather than a changing of the product they're just going to be packaging different products and selling it not yeah. to the individual not to the consumers which is what we are they're going to be selling it to um effectively a, a another either investment fund or a global sports or a TV brand. So it's not about the it's not about our experience changing, rather it's just packaging it's it up for more yeah, uh, packaging it up for more convenience. Yeah, it might just be a roll up. It's, it's buying eighteen bog rolls instead of nine. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it appears to be that. Makes me absolutely livid actually, because but, there is so much you could do with this game. Well, but let's. Well, let's, yeah, well, let's so we, uh, we will stage. get into that next week. What, one thing I would say is, like, we'll get into the detail, and we'll get. We we have got a really good podcast coming your way next weekend. We're going to get right into the weeds, and we are going to. We're we're going to say things which I guarantee will move the needle on what actually ends up happening. Well, we'll say that whether it'll move the needle or not, I do not know. But um, we, I, will, we will say some things. It's, it's happened before, uh, and we'll say some things, and, and then we will see. I think there will be... I think it will be something we do which very, very high-profile people end up listening to because they already listen, or being sent it, and it might give a little rocket up some people's backsides. Anyway, that's to come. Uh, just from a bird's-eye point of view, the point I would make is my whole career... Uh, has been in radio since what 2006 so mm-hmm. 15 years now in, in radio and various forms and then television more more recently and doing a podcast and the one thing that is true of that which is exactly the same for sport is its storytelling mm. effectively it all comes down to storytelling in the same way as cavemen would sit around a fire and tell stories thousands of years ago Rugby serves the same purpose, and when when you don't have the stories to tell, you lose engagement. Was the word Phil used? You you, you lose engagement, and rugby doesn't have that. There is there are massive stories which rugby doesn't now have. Yeah, completely right. And that's uh, and and, we'll, and uh, which which will be reflected when we get into the games because Gloucester's game and Gloucester's defeat again. Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Bottom of the table. Oh well, whatever. Who Bin cares? When actually it was a, a really hard-fought game, and the fact that Gloucester could have won it and didn't should be should be a huge story, but it's not because it doesn't matter. Because now it's irrelevant. Do you know yeah. I, Gloucester is another one which really irritates me? If you've been listening to the podcast, you probably noticed I've developed a bit of a soft spot for Gloucester. I like the players. I like the club. I like the fans. I just think it's a great, a great club. You like sausage legs. You love uh, sausage legs. Ten. Uh, yeah. And Andy Straighton did uh, did tweet on uh, tweet on uh, when the news came out. 
I guess it is Gloucester's year after all. Very good. And I was really starting to sort of build a lot of fondness and a bit of support behind them because I want them to do well. Don't care now. Literally don't care. Yeah, every single one of Gloucester's games going forward, unless they somehow happen to be playing one of the top four around the final couple of games and it's meaningful from that perspective, otherwise everything is just irrelevant. I, do, I wouldn't even waste my senior players. Why would I Why would I risk them? Nine games in, we're not going to win anything. You know, maybe maybe, maybe give, them, give them a trot out to, to keep them fit, but you're better off blooding the youngsters, seeing who can survive for next year and then, build, and then building going forward. What a disaster. But I mean, we spoke about that principle uh, with Leicester last year and, and other teams in Northampton, where you can't just blood fifteen youngsters because you won't learn anything because they'll just be conceding eighty points. So you've got yeah. to you've got to weave them in in the right manner. Yeah, maybe a fifty-fifty split. I don't know. It's, yeah, but it's, it's all it's, nonsense. Yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, who cares? Uh, uh, well, the, the one the one story you can get out of this is we now have a new. We have now have a new competition started. This is one story. Can any other prop <laughs> find a way to celebrate mid scrub? Incredible! That was awesome. <laughs> I love Jamal Robinson. By the way, how does he know he's won the penalty? Because it's such a lottery. <laughs> I, I think he was doing it like boxers when the fight when the bell goes at the end of a fight and they've got him. Yeah, I've got him. I've won. Yeah. I've won. I've won. Breaking your bind, penalty Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was absolute class. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Uh, it wasn't enough, though, was it? Not enough. It's a nuggety match, this one. Really tough, abrasive game, and uh, and th- this is the kind of game that this is the kind of game that makes me feel more confident about Bristol. They had some, they had a, a couple of big players out. Shido wasn't there, but uh, Yoan Lloyd's um, he's great anyway. But um, but no Lua to no Lua to They're away at Gloucester, and they just they just did enough. Dave Atwood can't be a million miles away from England. I, mean, I know he's old. I think I think he probably is I now. I think he is now. He's such I mean, a he, dominant he, force. You need, yeah, you need half a dozen players to go down. Probably. I just got. I mean, I just think he's awesome, he, and he, he's really building his form. Like he's just so important. He hits so hard. He, I mean, he's an absolute force of nature. I can't believe he's thirty-three. Yes, unfortunately, feels like, feels it, like he's still a young man. Maybe it shows shows how how old I am. I know. That's <laughs> sad. Sorry, Tom Brady's forty-three. We can still, we, can, we the dream's still alive, JB. Yeah, I'm going to win a Super Bowl. Oh my next... god, that that video of the, the, him throwing the Lombardi Trophy on a boat. Oh, I know. To, to Gronk. His oh my media god, it's brilliant. Yeah, and do you know what it is? I think it's because it's so innocent. I, there's, I don't know what he thinks about anything. I don't, I don't know the the cause that he's after. I don't know anything other than he loves winning football games. Yes, and that, that's all I care about. Well, so, but the Super Bowl ratings have gone off a cliff. They have, but well, there's other reasons for that, of course. But I think Brady is probably one of the oh, small yeah, totally. shining lights. Yeah, I found myself scrolling through his social media. I never do this. He's amazing. I watched every video because they're so they're so cool. <laughs> He's amazing. I did love those uh, celebration videos. Yeah, they're uh, one too many awesome. Negronis. Take me to the Waffle House. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> He's 43. I love it. Fair play. Uh, uh, fair, fair, fair play, Bristol. Um, another another good game for Johan Lloyd to learn. Not the most amazing performance, but he did some lovely things. And most importantly, he, he kicked the winning penalty at the end. Yeah. So, yes. Sergio Carrera, Santiago Carrera, as I might say. Likes an intercept. Now, have I got this completely wrong? Am, am I insane? 
Have I misremembered him playing 10 for Argentina? Uh, I can't remember it. I've seen no, him there's play two 15. Carreras, isn't there? Is there? Because there's one at, I want to say Newcastle, the other one's at. Hmm. So I'm sure I've seen him play fullback, and I'm sure that when uh, the starting 10 came off, he was moved up to 10. I'm sure of it. Hmm. Uh, let me have a look at him. Yeah. No? Yeah, maybe? Mm. A, a very quick scan. Nothing I can find. I'm sure I'm sure his brother... Maybe it's his brother, but I'm sure that he's... Play- I, I'm- but I think his brother's an outside back as well. But One of the Carreras has played 15 and 10 for Argentina in the same match, and I'm not sure which one it is. I just wonder if there's some something that they can do there, because they're currently working with Billy, Billy 12 at, at 10. Uh, and they've got some nice handling backs at Gloucester. Yeah. But if you need a fly half, you may as well pl- have one that played international. Yeah, the, the younger brother, Matteo Carreras. So uh, Santiago is 22, Matteo is only 20. He is at Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, but I I can't recall. Well, Santiago, I mean, got, I'm, I'm glad he's come in and done well because Gloucester's struggling at wing, in the wing position. <laughs> yeah, it's important, isn't it? Some extra uh, competition there. A bit more it, firepower. Yeah. Uh, nothing really to say about this other than good teams are good and bad teams are bad and that's why they won and lost respectively mm, yeah and when you're on a roll albeit Bristol lost last week but when, you, when you've got the winning form or the losing form it's hard to break is it is that eight defeats in a row for Gloucester uh, who did they win the first <laughs> game who cares who cares yeah fair no. point uh, oh, so they've won one game haven't they one out of nine they've won Ulster Oh, if you can. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. Pu- purely talking. One, one out of nine. One out of nine in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah. yeah they beat Ulster. God. <sighs> yeah. Ulster should have won that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. So yes, um, yeah. Gloucester fans. I don't know. Are they breathing a sigh of relief, or I guess they probably are. Or should they? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Well, well, look. By the time they get to see their their team play again. Um, in the flesh, it'll probably be the next season after lockdown. They can write this season. Go, <coughs> and, do there, it, yeah. go and do other things, and then next season they can go back to King's Home and uh, shut the roof down and do all the things that Gloucester fans do. And they'll be safe, and hopefully relegation will be back. Or a suite of other measures to make it competitive. Yes. One of those two things. Other, mm. other games? Um, game, no. Games of. Should we go through the games of no importance or lesser importance, and then yeah. the, um, anything yeah. of importance? Yeah. Uh, Worcester Wasps, quite a competitive game. Worcester came back towards the end of it. Amazing. Yeah, there's some good stuff Tom Willis, Tom Willis try. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, brilliant. And, and Nick not, David and finished a nice try. Nice end to the weekend for the Willis family. Yes. A little, not going to make up for uh, for the disappointment with Jack, but a little silver lining there. And um, yeah. it was nice that Tom gave his bro a mention as well. It was nice. Yeah, and Worcester get a losing bonus point again, but Worcester are in that Nick, losing rut. Did you see the Nick David try? Yeah, that was a great track. It's quality. Oh, yeah, quality. And, and Nick David is is a fairly small winger. Great strength. I, don't, I can't remember who he handed off at the end, mm. but great strength to finish from there. Yeah, I, I mean, Worcester are a team that I really like. They play nice rugby. They just seem to go about their business. Lots, um, lots of guys from good families. Oh, my word. I mean, when you see Andrew Kitch, uh, sorry, there's a Graham, Graham and Andrew. They, they yeah. one, one replaced the other. Yeah, I, I assume they're both from there, a very There good was family. always a Kitchener on the field, which is Thank good, because they're from good families. <laughs> That's the way he carries that ball. 
Yeah. Such a great guy. Uh, but they, they, Worcester missing their 9 and 10, and yeah. I think that was probably... They're two tens. Yeah, they're missing their 9 and 10. Um, they're the, handcuffed they're, tens. Yes, they're, they're two tens they're missing. Um, so who was scrambling on Tuesday after reading Worcester Live, trying to pick up Jamie Shilcock on, on wires? <laughs> yeah, on wait on the way for wire on fantasy rugby draft, yeah. I was, yeah. massively. I can't yeah. even let him go. I let him go last week. That's, that's why you're bottom of the table, mate. Ah, but with a win this week. And you've got your first win. Well done. Eight and one now, so <laughs> feel free to apologise whenever you wish. Um, no, no, one and eight. You're one <laughs> and eight. Yeah, eight and one. Yeah. That's very, different. It's very close, different. Eight and one is close to what Tim is. Yes. Um, um, uh, yeah, and uh, but Wasps with Charlie Atkinson, who had a good game. Right. I, I, I don't really understand what Wasps are up to here. They've got two young fly halves. They're both available. Are they just rotating? Do they like Atkinson more than they like Umaga? No, it's not that. Why? Why is that? Why? Umaga had a shocker against Quinns in a but, bad game and didn't start. He's not started for three games. Actually. No, no, he, and he's been. He's been. Is he not injured? No, no, he came off the bench. Oh, of course, he came off the bench. Yeah, I'd, I'd. Maybe it is. I'm not quite sure. I, I think well, I mean, Atkinson. Every time I've seen him um, play, besides the game where he had his head taken off by Owen Farrell. And he didn't do anything. Um, every time I've seen him play, he's played really well. Some he's lovely touches. Good yeah, some really good touches. Yeah. Umaga's also a very good player. One, one other story that's come out about Umaga in the last... We might have mentioned it last week, I can't remember, but he's there was a big... Um, uh, well, no, well, not a big fuss made, but there, it was mentioned that he's come off Instagram after... Um, some people... No, no, no there was him, a big fuss made. Gave him some abuse. Um, yeah... <laughs> I don't you know, it's, it's terrible if people if he's really affected by it it's awful um, well and, and I think fair play I, I think off it. I would I, I would if I were if I were giving advice to a, a professional athlete like a lot of people would say yeah you know it's good for your profile and all the rest of it well yeah if, if you're 22 and you're Jacob Ubanger like, mate just get off it. Have two accounts. Have one which you use and have one which a social media company which you hire out you uh, yeah. uses and post Tom Brady-like clips. Exactly. Yeah. Have, have someone to manage the proper account and then have a burner account and slide into people's DMs left, right and centre. But there is there is some, uh, and I don't, I don't believe this in the slightest, there's some people going, oh, it's got worse, the abuse online's got... I think so. No, no. No. No, not at all. Uh, and, and I would just... I mean... In previous jobs I've had, I've had to deal with it much more when, when, when I was on a breakfast show and people are more passionate about that particular slot. No one really gives a damn about Virgin Radio afternoons too much one way or the other. <laughs> but it used to be nice. You get lots lots of people saying nice things. You get the odd person. But it's, I, I, don't, I don't pay too much attention yeah. to, to either. And the worst thing about trolling, right, is it makes you insane. Look at how the women's game have reacted. The women's game has been hijacked by trolls because now all you see when you look at people who cover the women's game are ridiculous hashtags like I care and hashtag I don't care about your hashtag I care all I care about is reading about is reading about, about the women's game I brought up this issue uh, oh it must have been like two, two, two or three years ago now I was trying to follow First World Waterloo I was trying to follow their scores every week because they are the, lo- the, they are the local team for me and I literally couldn't find their scores they are literally not put up on the internet you'd have to go on to various Twitter accounts and just try and work out, piece together from various evidence, like being on True Detective, exactly what <laughs> happened in the game. Unless you had a direct line into the coach, which I did in the end, you couldn't find out the scores. Anyway, the RFU took that over, and then when Terrell got involved, then you started getting get, getting the scores. So I bring this up to mention that the women's game has made huge strides and been accessible. 
But the people responsible for reporting on the women's game spend more time writing about trolls and t- hashtagging I care than they do reporting about the game. And I don't care about your crusade about trolls. I just care about watching tries and finding out about who the best 10 is or the best 12 is. I couldn't care less. And that's the problem with, with trolls. They make you behave insane. I know this. I've been trolled and all you want to do is punch them in the face. But you can't do it. Well, Because uh, <laughs> well, they're just a Russian porn bot. They yeah. don't exist. Yeah. Yeah, I see this in, I see this in uh, radio all the time as well you get a hundred lovely complimentary things you get one bad one you stew on that you can't you, oh I've, you do I've, I've seen radio presenters like get reply to people obsess about one comment it's uh I, I just I just I, I I say to I don't think anyone who's like who reacts that way it's natural to react like that way for some people for, for some reason I don't react like that I react like that and I don't I, you, I, and I don't yeah. give a damn um but if you do react like that, I, I would just say, just get the hell get, off it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Burner get account, the hell off it. Burner account, slide into DMs. Yeah. Exactly right, Phil. Exactly right. So, Jacob Umaga, I, I would say, well done for, for making that choice. It shouldn't be a he's been hounded off. It should just be... He, he, he's done the sensible he's thing. He's done the sensible thing <laughs> yeah. for someone just, who reacts the way he does He's yeah. a tremendously criticism. successful professional yeah. athlete with an incredible future. You're, yeah. you're a loser. That's yeah, like, exactly. Like, exactly. What more do you want in this equation? Quite right. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Did you see the Fekitoa hit? I did. Fekitoa is awesome. Perry Humphreys, I think no. it was, coming round. It was a, yeah, I did. It was a like a 10-12 lift to um, Perry Humphreys, blindside winger, coming round into the 13 channel and Fekitoa just Fekitoa. lined him up and... It's a beautiful, I know I've said perfect so... tackle, smashes him, centre of the chest, drops him. I know I've said this so many times, and I'll say it again because I won't say it again. The player you think Fekatoa is is not the player Fekatoa is now. He used to be um, a precision instrument, a scalpel or something. Now he's a sledgehammer. Like, the way he hits lines and the way he hits people. That, that Perry Humphreys hit... You can always hear Perry Humphreys shouting to his mate, I'm open! <laughs> Give me the ball! Slam! You've got a uh, you've got a hotline to some influential military uh, folk. One or two. You, I don't want like to talk about it. Could, could, we should get um, some ballistic missile, um, ballistic missile named after, called Malachi or Fekatoa. Ma- yes, the Fekatoa missile. The Fekatoa missile. <laughs> it would be apt. Yeah. I'll see if I can get that. And, and Vorders is wasps. She likes wasps. Uh 
Is Carol Vorderman a wasps fan? Well, I don't know. Carol Vorderman went to wasps once when you were there. Yeah, she did. Yes. yes. Tim, here we go. Here's the hit. Oh. So, that's what she got. Sorry. Here we go. Let me just put my brightness up slightly. So I'm saving bat. Brightness up. Hit play. I'm open! Oh, oh. oh. have shop. that shop Bo- shut, Bone closed. <laughs> Beautiful, he that's is great. bloody brilliant. That's uh, great. He's playing. I, I, he might be one of Wasp's most influential players. And if you combine him with J- Jimmy Gopeth too, like they are the odd, they are the odd couple. Yeah, they they are lovely, a lovely pairing. Mm. So, yeah, really important what win for this was because they had two disastrous losses, in my opinion. Um, the Harlequins loss was a real rude awakening for them as to exactly the standards that were required from players who are not in their first team. <clears throat> and then the week after that, they could have won it, but it was naive. So it might seem like a trivial game to be beating Worcester, but it's not. I think this is actually really, really quite a big development. At Worcester as well. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, and Wasp missing a load of players. Yes. Um, so that's... Very quickly doing Wasps Worcester. Really quickly. Really Very quick. Ra- really um, rapid. Exeter beat London Irish 26-3. <laughs> I, I do um, love the fact that, that as everyone was talking about, uh, at the same time, it's like, well, Billy, Billy Van Apone is not really looking himself. Sam Simmons breaking Exeter try-scoring records yeah. and getting his what is it, 11th try in nine games, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing this because An- I was another brace. at the table and I was thinking, bloody hell, London Irish are doing all right with Team of the Year tw- uh, 2013. Um if they are serious about top four, they'll go to Exeter and they'll put up a real fight. Turns out they're not serious at all. Yeah. Not serious at all. Uh, they got absolutely dominated. And it just shows the shows how closely matched the bottom of the heart, well, bottom part of the table is, or maybe the mid part now, and how ferociously competitive the top part is and how good Exeter can be. So, you know, they... London Irish had a real chance to make a statement. They'd have finished the weekend in top four, I think. But instead, they are not in the top four. No, but, you know, if, if London Irish got... You're an Irish uh, fan, aren't champ- you? Champions Cup. I've got a soft spot for Irish. If they ended, if they end in a, with a top six spot, that would be an in- outstanding season for team them. Team of the year. In 2013, they would not have accepted top top six. No. <laughs> not with that team. No. World Rugby Team of the Year. Exactly. 2013. Superstars. Although hey, they have we- lost Sokopi Kepu. Oh, he's and, not red coin, the and team, uh, they got in. He's the lock, Adam Coleman as well. Uh, so Coleman's injured, but Kobe Kepu's left them. Oh, has, has he? he? Yeah, uh, family reasons gone back to oh, sorry. Australia. Mo- yeah, okay. Um, well, so, but they brought in. Was was the family reasons basically? London Irish were like, yeah, you can go. We need to wait and see. As soon as relegations are out, as soon as yeah. no relegations are out, you can do what you want. We need to free up three hundred k in our salary cap. Oh, not even in the salary cap. We just need to free it up so we're not spending that money. Yeah. You want to go? Honestly, Kepu was still at the airport with his bags. Just <laughs> yeah, go, go, go. Yeah, no relegation. Go. And they. Brought in the prop, the Argentine Gigena. Yeah, uh, who I don't would, know how to say his name. How yeah. do you say his name? Gigena. Gigena, yeah. Yeah, that'll do. Who was released by Leicester one day and then signs for maybe one quarter what Kepu was on for London Irish a day later. Perfect. Everyone's a winner. So, yeah. Save a quarter of a million pounds from your salary cap. Mm. Um, did you see the red card in this? No, I didn't. No. Motu Matu... Um, reserve hooker it didn't change the course of the game at all it was um, less than 10 minutes left but it was one like the there's been a couple of times 
where this has happened. I think Charlie Yule's got a red card for it. Someone else got away with it. But it was basically a head clash, a tackle head clash. Horrible looking head clash for Ian Witten. I really hope he's okay because he just slumped down. He was instantly out in a, in a bad way. Um, but it was, it was given as a red card. Um, it's one of those where I, I feel a bit less comfortable with the head clash being a red card because it's, it's, I don't know. It's not. It's, it's, it's not like, reckless. It's like Farrell on Varney. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a that, that was wasn't a, even that was like a chest on chest thing, wasn't it? Uh, did the heads touch? I think the heads touched. Was there a? a yeah, because Farrell went down holding his head and Varney okay. was holding his. But yeah, so but it wasn't obviously wasn't with the same level of yeah, force. Yeah, I mean this was there was a lot of force. Motto goes for a big hit, and Witten kind of steps back into him at the same time. So there's no change in height. But their heads, obviously, the, the line of his head moves and there's a clash. There's some ambiguity or confusion here about what is in the laws and what isn't because we've seen in the last two uh, England games a head-on-head clash being given as well, that's a rugby incident. That happens. Yeah. Because, you know, chest-on-chest, head-on-head. Uh, but I don't know... So I don't actually know if in the laws head-on-head well, is... I don't think it's... Def- again, it's probably not defined, but the, the kind of rationale in this case was... Well, the first contact from the defending player to the offend uh, to the attacking player is on the attacking player's head. Therefore, it is it meets the um, high tackle yeah. framework, and therefore it is a, yeah. a red card. Which I I can see the logic. It just feels slightly less just mm. because it's it's a miscalculation on both parties' part to to get that head on head clash. Um, and this I, I just. It didn't change the course of this game. I really hope Ian Witter's okay because it was a is a horrible, uh, horrible clash. Do you know what's not horrible? Uh, Alex, Alex Cuthbert being a good, really good. Now he's fit again. Mm, yeah, running yeah. no, tries. That's not what I'm thinking of. Uh, Tom de Glanville, his no. his speed. No. Will Muir, no. his speed. The amazing, outstanding performance of Josh Hodge. I mean, we've been waiting for this guy to explode <laughs> for some time. Hey, he's listed at 20 years of age. But get this, 80 kilograms, 6 yeah, foot 1. He's quite tall. He is so skinny. Frankie, he, no wonder they're not playing him. He's so skinny. He needs to get on the... Uh, oh, God. The, the, got Olympic so many. The, ex- the, the, the Olympic sprinter diet. The Olympic sprinter diet, yeah. Powerful rump diet. Powerful rump... rump uh, method, yeah, like do. hogs, hogs' thighs and, and glutes at the moment are magnificent. Armand is so small; he's so light, I especially mean, for someone six uh, one or whatever he is. That's incredible that he's even allowed near a field. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Well, I mean, I, I, I'm just thinking, like, is anyone even in Tok H is like six one and eighty kilograms? He is Cause skinny. When he, when you're six foot one, it's quite it's quite easy. For anyone to be eighty kilograms, it's it's quite it's quite a, it's quite hard not to be eighty kilograms when you're six. Yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. So my little brother, younger brother, he's not that little, is about six one, six two, right? And he is training for an Ironman. He's running, God knows how many miles every day, and swimming every day, and cycling. And cycling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he is eighty seven kilograms. So Josh Hodge being seven kilograms lighter than my brother is absolutely insane. Yeah, you'd almost have to like with the amount of. Um, diet and strength and conditioning he's going to be doing, you'd have to work quite hard to stay at that weight. What, what's he training to be? A, like a catwalk model? I can't remember what podcast I was listening to the other day, but it was basically a guy just going, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm now cutting down, but I've been trying to put on weight. 
and um, and he said it, it got to the point I was so sick of eating Subway sandwiches because he was having he was having them because they were one thousand calories a pop. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, and good uh, stuff. he was like, but I, I honestly I was so fed up. Josh Hodge must just he's yeah. training all the time and he's trying to put on weight. Well, I, 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 like when I first started playing properly because I was I was light and I had to put on weight and I got I'm probably not a Josh Hodge um, frame but naturally fairly slim frame and it was it was hard work like seriously you're having to eat 5,000 calories a day but you're not you, you're not eating that on fucking Domino's and, and McDonald's you're Sorry. eating on, on good stuff uh, most of the most of the time and it's you are eating when you're not hungry and kind of having to force down a bowl of chicken and pasta, and it is so. <laughs> I, feel, I won't boring. get. I won't get the clip up, but it just reminded me of the YouTube channel for breakfast. Oh fish. god! And a rice cake. Yeah. Then I have a rice cake. Then I have some fish and a rice right. cake. <laughs> Not quite like that, but it, it is hard work. It's, and it, it sounds get your tiny violins out. Like, it sounds horrible to say. Oh yeah, having to eat five thousand calories right. a day is hard work, but it is. It's not much. This fun. is exactly what the cell shocks chef is telling me about feed, feeding feeding the guys. Yeah. Like you know, and they they weren't talking about the lads your size. He was talking about uh, one guy in particular who used to play for London Irish. Is now left. Big tight prop. Uh, Helani Alika. Helani Alika. It's like five thousand calories. Definitely five thousand. Just like foie gras for lunch today, yeah. lads. He walks <laughs> in. And they've got they used to have turmeric shakes or shakes with turmeric in because that was yeah. a big fad. Uh, yeah, no, no, turmeric's got um, good. Um, anti-inflammatory properties. I was going to say anti-inflammatory, yeah. Is that what it is? It's, it's actually, that's actually, there is some science behind it. Oh, cool. So, yeah, they're doing that. Um, he's just going through what they're eating. And also, after training, they seem to keep, and I don't know what they keep in these boxes, but they have, like, a fridge full of these boxes, which I don't know if the players bring them in or they're prepared by the chefs, but then, you know, uh, Ross Harrison will go and chow down a bunch of root veg and uh, and meat. It's, just, it's constant eating all the time. Yeah, reading Michael Phelps when he was when he was training, he was on like ten thousand calories, but he had loads of McDonald's. Gr- well, grilled cheese sandwiches, grilled cheese and ham sandwiches, sandwiches, which are yeah. If you could get ten thousand calories a day through grilled cheese, it's almost and ham worth sandwiches. swimming, isn't it? <laughs> as many grilled cheese sandwiches as you can force on your fat see, face. I see. I'm at the point now where that's that's the reason I exercise is more just to yeah. enjoy stuff rather than I'm not. I don't. I'm not on about like I'm not going on Love Island anytime soon. <laughs> Senior Love Island, <laughs> Love Island Masters. <laughs> That'd be a great show. That'd be more Island fun Masters. to watch because the, the level of conversation on Love Island. Yeah, uh, what do they say? Um, where's, where's your head at? You're right. Where's your? Do you want to go train again? <laughs> Lovers spurned, just divorcees. Bitter, yeah, a house full of bitter divorcees that, would be wonderful. That, that would be bitter divorcees and like silver foxes, <laughs> ripped silver foxes. Yeah, I feel like that. Alan Partridge, you know, when he's pitching shows and they're, uh, they're given the contract. Yeah, come and give me the contract to make shows. Love Island Masters. Uh, <laughs> so good win for Exeter. That's that's another yeah. game done quickly. Yeah. Good, well done. Very it's, quick, that one, even quicker than the last one. Yeah, Harlequins beat Leicester. Good game, good, loved it. Good performance. Marcus Smith is just... The best player in the Premiership. He's so good. If not the best one of. He, no, he's, he's the best. He's so talented. He's, he's so good. And as soon as, it seems to happen a few times in this game, as soon as you give him a bit of space with broken field, he's just so dangerous. Game over. He's so dangerous running. He's so dangerous at bringing people around him into the game. Oh, it's just Did awesome. he sign his deal last week? 
Last week, last, last Tuesday. Last so we've not spoke yeah. about the new deal then? No, no, he's got, a new, got himself a new deal. So. Tell you what, fair play to Harlequins. I mean, how they managed to land this guy with no uh, DOR in place is quite fantastic. God knows what whose vision he's following, but they've yeah. done it. And whoever, you know, it may be Mr., might be Mr. Dalrymple, but whoever it is deserves all the credit in the world for doing this deal. I mean, it is a fantastic... <laughs> it's the most important thing that's happened to the Quins. It's, it's huge uh, for Quins. Yeah. I, I just wonder, is it the best thing for Marcus Smith? Well, I don't know his answer. I mean, he's that good. Maybe it doesn't really matter where he ends up. It's more a case of as long as he's... Wherever he is, it's going to attract the right DOR. He's, well, he's that well, good. Well, sh- short term... What's yeah. your thinking, Phil? So, so, the, two strands to my thinking. Short term... Um, if he's not being paid a million pounds a year by Harlequins, it's not the right deal for him short term. Yes, because fair. he would he would get in my in my mind he's worth a million pounds a year to a club in France. Um, so that's short term. Long term, is he going to learn more by staying in the same setup that he's been up to this point, or would he be better to spend a few years in a different setup? Any, almost anywhere, either either still in um, England or still in the UK, or probably better in France or New Zealand, but in order to improve his long-term rugby development. And I think the answer to both the short-term and the long-term is... And this for is England's pro- benefit. Uh, yeah, that that would be a that long term thing would be yeah. a, a benefit to oh, which, England's which is for long him, term. Thinking him, but I'm thinking as an England fan, I would rather he went and did that. Yeah, and I, I think it falls down on both sides. They, this is definitely the best thing for Quinns because they will not get another five half of his talent. Almost anywhere you'd be paying a million pounds. You are, you actually, right. you are right actually. So, so this is amazing for Quinns. I don't think it's the best thing for for him. So, Maximus, we don't we don't know how much he's getting paid. So that's the first thing. Now, I'm just going to make a devil's advocate argument as to because I do agree he should be in France earning a million pound a year, or, or, or somewhere improving his long term potential. Which obviously the argument would be, and maybe this is what Marcus Smith is uh, has thought. Maybe he thinks he's going to break into the England team by the 2023 World Cup. But I would I would argue it doesn't look like that is likely to happen. And we may get proven wrong. Maybe in, even in the next six months, we may go. Oh, that's why he's stuck around. But uh, yeah. it, it appears that he won't. And if he doesn't get in, so let's just say it's if he doesn't play for England before in the next couple of seasons, he's he's arguably, and I would agree with you, made a big mistake. Yeah. If so, he does play for England, fair play. It's just, it's vindicated. If I'm a yeah. French team, would I pay him a million quid? And the immediate answer is yes. The more in-depth answer is it very much depends. Because if I buy Marcus Smith, I need to make sure he's going to be... Because you're not buying him for what he can do right this second. You are to a degree, but actually... You're yeah. buying him because the long-term prospects... You want, a, you want a four- or five-year deal out of yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So unless, if he's not signing a four- or five-year deal, fine. Now, if he does sign a four- or five-year deal, great. But then do I want this young man's head turned when England decide, actually, we've been wrong and we need him back? Therefore, you might have built a team around this guy who, you know, he's just decided, now I've got to go back because that's what the national team does to you. And it takes a very strong character, like a, a Steph Armitage, Say no, I'm happy where I am. I'm developing here. I'm, I'm European player, twice European player of the year. So that's why I would be a little bit cautious. As for him, I wonder if he's starting to change the mold a bit for rugby players. There's a lot of chat, and this is me with my NFL uh, fan hat on. There's a lot of players in the NFL who dictate which directors of which, which head coaches go and coach them. 
And I wonder if Marcus Smith will be of that stature that he will dictate who comes into coaching rather than they're going to get an overarching director of rugby. Or even the fact that he is there and the director of rugby gets to work with him, it could be a recruitment tool in its own right. Mm, so, that, that's a fair point that a lot of a lot of coaches would love the opportunity to to coach Marcus Smith yeah. because he is he is that talented. Now, um, I, do, I do think in the, the first part of your, your argument, you're giving a little too much credit to um, some of the French DORs. Yes. Um, particularly when they were willing to spend a million and a half pounds a year for um, Johan Usen to go and manage a, <laughs> yeah. a cattle farm in South Africa. That is very fair. Uh, the other thing I would do as well with Marcus Smith is Eddie's a massive fan of playing games. And we sort of alluded to... Uh, that Owen Farrell is probably a little bit immune to this because, well, you wouldn't waste your time, would you? Too serious. But do you know what I would do? I would get, I'd get cardboard cutouts of Marcus Smith and put them all, all <laughs> over the training ground. I put them one in, one in his team room. I put one in his by his locker, yeah, and you know, that's what I would do. That, that, that's how I'd motivate both George Ford and Owen Farrell to play better. I'd love that. That's a great idea. That'd be funny. Uh, so that's another game done quickly. Really? I will just say one thing. Oh, yeah. I think a big part of the reason um, Magic Marcus is doing some of the Magic Marcus things is the presence of Andre Esterhazen, who's really yes. trans, totally great, transformed great the, point. the the identity of that Quinn's team. He's actually allowing the people around him to do the things that we all think of with Quinn's. Danny Care to be sniping, mm. Marcus to be taking a little snipe here and there, and... Louis Liner and, and Mike Brown in the backfield doing what Quinn's, Quinn's back three players have always done. He's just like the glue that holds it all together by yeah, being... Louis Liner started to really, really shine. Oh, yeah. Um, another guy I really like in Quinn's at the moment is Archie White. Um, young lad, he just seems to be the missing link between Will Evans that is jackling at everything, Don Brandt which is carrying everything, and then there's this other guy which no one really notices, but they seem to make a really nice trio. He had some balance to it. Yeah. Play the Richard Hill rule. I just don't understand where the Quinn's leadership is coming from and what the plan is for the coaches. Will they just appoint from within again? Possibly. You've got uh, Nick Evans there, haven't you? If it carries on the way it's going, then there's three wins on the bounce. If it carries on, then and particularly with no relegation, why wouldn't you? Uh, we'll have to yeah, why, why would you waste money on a big... Uh, big money coach. Yeah, we'll have to see. Or, or at least, without relegation, there is no rush. Yeah, I yeah. Well, but as, certainly, so far as so long as things are going well, well they've literally just got rid of four hundred k from the salary. Well, from from their wage bill, not the salary, not the wage bill. Yeah, I say four hundred k. I don't know how much. Yeah, they've got be a, a, a fair chunk. It was a lot of money. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's probably, a six figure salary. Yeah. Why? Why bring in anyone else? You know, these guys who are in the coaching staff are desperate for a DOR job. So don't call him a dear wall, just let him crack on, uh, uh, you know. Senior coaches. As is. It seems to be going fine. But I, I guess at some point the rubber will need to meet the road and yep. they will yeah. need to appoint someone. So. Yeah. And that, that it does become a problem if you've got conflicting visions when you're, say, bringing in new players or unassigned who you want to retain, who you're going to sign. I mean, Marcus Smith is an absolute no-brainer for who you're going to resign, for whether you resign him or not. Or not. But there'll be fringe players. Are they value at what they're on? Are they value... Um, to re-sign for another 20k all of that does need I, I can't help but think it needs someone a, a focal head to make those those intelligent rugby slash finance decisions mm. which doesn't necessarily need to be a rugby guy but you need to have someone pulling the strings well I don't know whoever's whoever's in charge of getting Marcus Smith re-signed is probably the one of the best jobs in club rugby this year so they they maybe in the last five years so uh, 
give it to him. Um, Leicester Tigers are rapidly improving. There is no two ways about this in my mind now. They are getting better each and every week. I think they're still a bottom six team. They might push out of that, but they are improving. Um, and that's all I've got to say about it. Their nine shirt is interesting. The nine shirt is interesting yeah. because they've got the Tom Brady of, 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 rugby, of rugby in Wigglesworth. They've got this lad. Jack Van Portfleet, which who they're very excited about. Now, is, is he South African? No. He's got a lovely try. He's not. He's 19. He's an, he's an academy lad. Yeah. Jack Van Portfleet. You can see why I've made that. Made, him made that him and George Martin are two of the ones they're most excited about out of yeah, the academy. They're both in the first team. But and George also... Martin's in the shadow, England's shadow squad as well. Oh, yes, he is. But they've also got... Um, is it Ben White? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, I only mention him because he's captain the side on occasions. So, the, uh, and, oh, and they've obviously got Ben Youngs, ben Youngs. and they've obviously got old timer Wiggy, uh, the Ben uh, Tom Brady of rugby. Tom, yes, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, uh, particularly with the, the no relegation thing and um, and the fact they're losing, uh, you, it sounds like this is not about how we play for England or whatever. This is just pure economics. Why would you spend all the money you have to spend on Ben Youngs or Ben Youngs? Uh, here's a clue. I'm not. I'm not going to do it. Wouldn't do it. Yeah, unless he can get his um, penalty passes, but players start jumping into his penalty passes like immediately, mm. then there's no way he's anywhere near my team. For, for Leicester Tigers to read not those penalties, uh, someone with a massive head, small yeah, is, body, Israel Falau. Oh, really high jump, he can really leaping. He can jump, yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah, Israel, Israel Falau and Ben Young is the most potent combo of rugby. That's how they. That, Johnny May's gone now. By the way, if you've only they, they, to they this... wasted Johnny May. Oh yeah, this is referring yeah. to. Uh... If you only listen to this podcast, this this conversation makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was a continuation of the conversation from uh, yesterday. Yesterday. England yesterday. v Italy, where Ben Young's passes were a little bit awry, but we think actually it was to try and uh, deliberately so to try and engineer penalties. Yes. From people jumping into contact. And, uh, 100%. Yeah, they, they didn't use Johnny May as they should have done at Leicester. Yeah. Uh, Richard D. Carpentier plays at Quinns. Yeah, the um, England Sevens, former England Sevens player. Yeah, I have a real problem with Richard Di Carpentier. Uh, because his name sounds like he should be an enormous lock. Not a a skinny Sevens player, a skinny fast Sevens player. Well, he's quite tall, isn't he? He's over six foot. But Di Carpentier, or, what, or however you say his name, he should be six foot seven and 20 stone. <laughs> yeah, no, or either a massive lock or... A hot stepping winger. Only one of those two things, or nothing else. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's such a ma- it's such a masculine name. So yeah, he's listed as a flanker. He's he's six five and one hundred and five kg. Okay, he's, he's, okay. Pretty, yeah, he's, he's a, in sevens terms, but he's a pretty big slice. Six foot five and sixteen stone is that's not a lot of weight for that, six that, foot that's, five. That's probably his sevens playing weight. In yes, fairness to him, fair. that's fair. his fifteens playing weight. He might put on uh, another five. KG. Anyway, fair play, Quinns. It, it, it wagon rolls on. Yeah, three uh, wins on the bounce. So a game that we can do very quickly. Yeah. Uh, Saints v Falcons cancelled. Cancelled. Get get well soon. Good. Well Falcons. done. Well done, Saints. On another four points. Yes. Nailing these four points, Saints. <laughs> really getting through some work. And then the final game, the game that JB you were at. Yeah. So you cursed your beloved sale. Do you know, like against your old team. Yeah. Just, one of your old teams. I talked about um, how London Irish the, the other week when, uh, against Gloucester would have been fired up 
because George Skivington left them from uh, um, left them under uh, under a cloud. Yes. Same goes. Bath would know that they Stuart Hooper's pre-match team talk. JB's in the stands. Remember when? <laughs> remember when on the Egg Chasers podcast, JB used to talk about how much he loved Bath. He doesn't. Oh, we remember, us. boss. We remember. He doesn't. He doesn't mention us anymore. And now he just takes the piss out of the globally important issues that we're facing. And and he and he pretends he's a neutral. Let's go and show him. So last week I said if Bath win this, I'm going to have some some serious humble pie to eat because they were going nowhere quick. And uh, there's so many strands this game. I penned an article for Rugby Pass last week. And I was literally about to press send. And I thought, you know what, before I send this, and it's exactly the article that you would expect regarding Stuart Hooper and how he's a DOR from a textbook rather than a real-life DOR and you know globally important, all that sort of stuff. And before I press send, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to check it. Because it's so it's so damning. If the players don't actually think this, uh, I'm going to look a little bit silly. So I phoned someone and completely background information and whatnot. And they're like, no, no, we are winning collisions. We think we're, f- we're ferocious in the contact. We-, we honestly believe as a group that we are nearly there. I'm like, nah, this guy's just a good lad who's sticking up for his DOR. He's obviously got loyalty. We'll see how it go- goes tonight. And if they lose and if they look rubbish, I'll send, I'll send this article. They look flipping brilliant. <laughs> now, there are some things that I can add to this, like... I think if Sale managed to put more sustained pressure on them for longer, they would have folded. And Sale were not particularly good. I think Alex Sanderson is learning that... Um, I think and this might be a hangover, actually, from Saracen's days. You can't put out a third team every week and expect for it to be good. Yeah, um, there, was, there were a few odd selections when I saw that. Yeah, I half Half-back combo wouldn't have been my first choice. At, at Saracen's, your, your third choice player was pretty decent. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it's been international. Yeah. yeah, so he's like, oh, well, in Saracens, we put our third teams all the time. And they, 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 you know, they, they would smash bath. <laughs> Look at these stars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think Sanderson's worked out maybe it's not quite that easy up here. Um, so that was that. That said, you know, credit where it's due to bath. Uh, I think four or five of their forwards were absolutely outstanding. Tom Dunn. Tom, Tom Dunn is quality. He, he, I'm so glad he got uh, yeah. an England cap or two. Mike Williams. Miles Reed, but here's the one. If I could sign a player tomorrow for my team, I know who you're going to say because you mentioned him the last two weeks. Jo- uh, Josh Bayliss. My God, this this boy is class. He, he had a great game. This boy is absolutely class. He plays across the back five. I, I, whether he's international standard, I don't know, but he's definitely... no, he's perfect. He, he's a really, really good le- player that's not going to get picked up by England. That's ideal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Unless has he got some ancestry? Oh God, Ooh, could he be a bit like, Welsh? Bayless. Bayless sounds English, so he might be all right. He might be all right. Uh, Miles Reed is another one. Uh, they put in... 30 tackles. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Dunn was at 34, Miles Reed 31. They had six minutes of defence. No, sorry, they didn't have six minutes. They had five minutes and six seconds of defence. But it was a six-minute phase of play between Sale having the ball, them having the ball, Sale putting on pressure. And they just hit them so hard over and over again. Now, they did crumble at times. So, Sale scored a really easy try from a tap-and-go. One of the Dupree's went over. And when Faf came on, it, he sped up the game to a certain degree. But I think by that time, the damage had been done. I think if Faf had started, there is a good chance of the game... Oh, and also, uh, Dupree number three, the the ten, Dan Dupree. Uh, Rob. Rob Dupree, sorry, had a game he probably doesn't want to talk about for a long, long time. A long time. AJ is the clear number one now. 
hundred percent. Like if it, I don't know how this is even a contest back in, uh, before. It certainly wasn't a contest. Last in, season it was a contest. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a contest in my mind, and it certainly wasn't one in my heart. Um, <laughs> but yeah, AJ is out and out the ten. He has to be the ten, and if he's not around, Sale are going to be. Well, they were right to look at uh, Rob and Sanderson needs to know exactly what he's got. But yeah, it's a game they could have won. Bath, for their part, their you know four or five of their fours are outstanding. Uh, and who was the winger? Muir. Muir is very, very good. good yeah, player. so Muir is another former Sevens player who's come in um, alongside Alex Gray, who's a former Sevens player who came off the bench for him, obviously to Carpent- Carpentier mm-hmm. for uh, Quinzes. But he looked great, William. It's not the Alex Gray, is it? The yeah. Alex, the Alex, oh, former Atlanta Falcon, Alex Gray. Yeah, the Everybody, Alex Gray. Who, who, who? What was he say? I'm not, I'm not the best player in the world just yet. Or did he say something like yeah, that? Yeah, he he was he captain England schoolboys at. I think he was centre and eight were his positions. He's like six five hundred and ten kg, um, sub eleven seconds, hundred meters. He's like. He was the guy who had everything, but, wow. but couldn't do it. I did not know this about him. Was he, he, he London was, Irish? He was one of the guys that went from London Irish to Bath. Yeah, now there was another did, did he guy called Gray. Gray. Was he, he at Leeds at one point? No, I'm thinking of David Cece. No, no, you are thinking of a guy called Gray. So this is a long time ago. But Alex Gray, the Atlanta Falcon. No, there's a different Gray who was playing eight for London Irish. I think he's still there, actually. And he, when I saw him, he was a kid. Or maybe it was oh, so he's a, he's a northeast boy. Uh, oh yeah, he was in, Newcastle. He was Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle, London Irish, then Yorkshire yes, Carnegie, yes, but yes, Yorkshire yes. Carnegie much more recently. Are you uh, thinking of the guy who was on the bench this week, and that is non-existent because he doesn't exist? Forget I mentioned anything. Fine, 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 fine. I'm sure that there was another grey. Uh, doesn't matter. Anyway, anyway, Will Muir and Tom de Glanville both look brilliant. Yeah, uh, doing doing what Samisa Rockadaguni was doing four seasons ago. Yeah, and you have to say, like, if if I was picking a, a bath side, I'd be going those two former sevens players, McConaughey and Muir, and Joe Thockner Singer and Rocco on form. Yeah, they'd be out. Out. It'd be, it, it would be. It would be um, McConaughey, Muir, and de Glanville. Yeah. Oh, that is the boy. I remember, I'm sure I remember Alex Gray playing at Sale when Jonathan Joseph was in the team in Stockport. No, there was there was someone called Gray. I think he might have died really tragically. There was a, a, a former Sale Sharks flanker, surnamed Gray, who died. No, no, uh, it, it wasn't. wasn't so it, it wasn't, wasn't playing at Sale. He was playing for Irish. It wasn't Gray. What was his name? Uh, Tate. Tate, that's it. Tate, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, Alex, Tate. Alex. No, not Alex Tate. Um, anyway, I apologise. David Tate. David Tate. David, David Tate. Yeah. Quite right. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm trying to think back. Definitely, yeah, it was definitely him. He was, he was 19, and it was when you used to do the pitch announcing at Stockport. I'm sure he was there. He was an unused sub. Anyway, that's a, a story for another time. Another great story for another time. Uh, Sale were e- not easily beaten, but they were beaten by one hell of a performance from Bath. And I tell you what, if they can get that attitude and put it on the pitch with their star players, there's no reason why they can't go and win some more games. But they showed that attitude at times last season, and then. It's this. This is a good performance against. I mean, Sale can very easily correct this next week just yeah. just by picking the right team. It's so interesting, right? Because you can see the ferocity and the intensity that Bath bought, and you are right. I've seen that at the start of other games where they've lost, and it feels like once they get broken, 
they're a very fickle team. They're either yeah. absolutely battering you, or they're not. And I think the fact that Sale couldn't get over the gain line means that they didn't look very dangerous out wide, and therefore people say, oh, you know, there's no creativity. Well, the fact is, they were getting messed at the gain line, and that was probably due to slow breakdown ball. So I, I don't really... It's superficially an awesome, awesome defensive d- d- display by, by, by Bath. I wonder if the team was slightly different if they would have crumbled. And once they start crumbling, it could have been. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, annoying. Well, well played, Bath, though. Because yeah. they've had some bad results, and this was a good one. Because mm. the AJ Bell is not the easiest place to go. Uh, quick shout out for Josh, Ma- Josh Matavesi. Um, you don't really understand the proportions of Josh Matavesi unless you see him in the, in the flesh. Um, yeah, he looks like he's 112 kilograms and <laughs> and, 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 and six foot two. Put, put it that way, he's also got. A, I don't know. He's got a lot of natural talent. He seems to always do good things with the ball, but I wonder if he's one of those guys who is. I don't know. Seventy-five percent of things go very right, and twenty-five percent of the things he does go very wrong. Go very wrong. Oh, this is this is the start of the change because, like, you you were all on board the Matavesi train. Oh, I like him, and yeah, his here's what I think, right? It's very, very hard for you to play professional rugby at the top level. Oh yeah, in this sort of physical shape that he that he that he, that he is. <laughs> so you must have something very, very good about you. And I think it's it's, it's, oh, it's his skills. Incredibly skillful. Yeah. yeah. So good, so, yeah. Uh, good Cornish boy, Matavesi. Mm-hmm. Good win. Good win yeah. for Bath. Next week's games. Yes. Do you want me to tell you what they are? Uh, I have got them up here. We have. Friday Night Lights, Bath Gloucester. Mm. Bath. Yeah, give me Bath. It would have been the loser ball were it not for this week, but uh, mm. Bath are going to win. Then, ooh, one yeah. o'clock, sale travel to Harlequins. Oh, are you going to be parking your one. Maserati at the stoop this week, JB? Crikey. Uh, uh, I have no <laughs> idea how this one's going to pan out. Uh, look, if Harlequins are legitimately good, they'll beat sale. Yeah. And they have to, right? Because they've now secured some of the finest talents that the UK has got to offer. Sale will be bringing a big pack. They'll be hurting. And it's not Sale, will be, Sale will be hurting. Sale will put out their A team. Yeah. Their absolute strongest team. And that will be tough for Quinns because they've had a few good wins against slightly inferior opposition. Uh, yeah, so they, this will be a good game. They battered an, an understrength Wasps. So since their, since their draw with Irish, they've won three games, right? Yeah. So an understrength Wasps hammered them. They did pretty well against... Who was it last week? Uh, oh, Bath. Yeah. Yeah. Under, who, again, understrength. Understrength and underprepared, it looked like. Yeah. And um, battered them. I, I, Sailor winning this. Um, I, think, I, I, think, I, I think the Quinns run... Will come to an end in a, in, a, in a tight fought encounter. Yeah, this is the kind of game that it would would end on. Give me sale. Yeah, I'm happy to take sale. Then we have the Chiefs against the Saints at, at Sandy Park. An an an, an, an out of shape Northampton against Exeter. Give me Exeter. Every Chiefs day all all day. Yeah, Tigers against Wasps. Wasps. East Midlands derby. Give me Tigers. Mm. Wasps Wasps are missing a few players. They they did some nice things, but yeah, they just find a way, don't they? Give me they tigers. Are, they're both building. I think I want to um, go tigers at home as well. While wasps have no wasps. Away. 
Then uh, Worcester versus Newcastle. I genuinely do not know. Worcester, Worcester have got to win a game. Worcester soon. Apparently, but Newcastle are very abrasive and physical up front. Well, according to um, Mr. Mullins today, uh, Chris Ashton is on the verge of returning and looking good. Mm. I'm going to go Worcester. They only need to finish a, a few more tries. Oh, he's on the waiver wire now. He got dropped. Did, Did he? Bruno dropped him, eh? Bruno dropped him. Hmm. The person in uh, the only mentioned that because the per- oh damn it why do, why do I have to bloody why mention did you mention things? it why did you mention it to show off that you, they know that he's been dropped yeah but then your 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 prime Bot. position in the waiver wire you get first yeah. choice do I really yeah yeah because you've well you've lost pretty much every game because you've lost uh, when the last one pretty much every game <laughs> you've pretty it, much lost one every eight. game I can still make the playoffs you, you could do. And I get, and, and unfortunately, I get the last pick on the wave, last priority right, on the wave wire because uh, <laughs> I have the best record of all players. Humble brag. Oh, humble brag. Uh, and then last game of the weekend, London Irish team, uh, team of the year, twenty thirteen, against Bristol Bears. And Bristol, Nathan Hughes went down with what looked like a fairly bad knee injury. So that, alongside Randronda and Luatua and Sheedy. It's, the injuries are starting to mount up in key positions. Mm. Mm. I still think they win. Yeah, still give me Bristol. Yes, I'm gonna. I, I want to say I oh know Bristol, but it doesn't matter anyway because it's all irrelevant. Yeah, but ultimately, who cares? Matters. It's all me- meaningless. Matters for Bristol. It does. Yeah, anyone going for the top four, it matters. Anyone wanting to compete uh, in the Heineken Cup next year, it matters. For everyone else. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. Maybe this is the solution for, for the Premiership. We know it doesn't matter. We know what does matter when it doesn't matter. Why don't we just cut the league in half now? They can play their little toy games down at the bottom six. <laughs> and, we don't need to, you know, and then the top six just play each other twice. We just double up the games. Perfect. There you go. Uh, go on. There so we go. That's the domestic podcast. We uh, we are at patreon.com slash egg chasers. Uh, you can go and... Um, See a video of what we're all dreaming of doing again on our on our Patreon page there, our Tier 2 tour. My God, I can't wait for that again. Um, uh, he's at JB Moore, I'm at Cocker. We're at Rugby Podcast on Twitter. Phil is lurking in your DMs and there's nothing else, is there? Oh, yeah, no, no, get your emails in because we have some follow weekends coming up. So contact deadchasers at gmail.com. Any questions, any thoughts, any starting points, any topics? Any mostly lemon zero base got another yeah, lemon zero strong strong lemon zero strong lemon zero yeah. fake story this week. You, you were talking about a TV show you're watching called Zero Zero Zero. I think there should, we we should we could do our own show. Which three, is still three, called... three lemon zeros is more than the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lemon zero, lemon zero, lemon zero. Um, strong zero, strong zero, strong zero. Right. Well, well, yes. We'll see you on the next one. Let the boys play. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.